And we are recording with the one and only Mr. Michael Vecchione on Wednesday, January 11th, 2023 at 4.13 p.m. Eastern time. Um, first episode with Mike in the new year. We finished up our last one about a month ago on uh, your newest book, Homicide is My Business, about Mr. Roth's Folly. I still think it's just the best Italian name ever, Roth's Folly. And... Uh, how he how he got into the entire hitman business and going through your book your brain needs support and new ollie brainy chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health made with scientifically backed ingredients like thai ginger l-theanine and caffeine brainy chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus stay chill or get energized be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Piece by piece, we did end at his first hit. Um, for anybody listening, obviously you've been on here innumerable times. And um, Homicide is My Business is on Audible, which is just instantly goes a man after my heart put the book on audible i will no matter what i will appreciate it just because i can listen to it but i do think it's your best work not that i've you know not that i'm some student of yours but i do think i've talked to you enough interviewed you enough read enough of your stuff that i i do think it's your best it's it's genuinely fascinating and um actually to kind of pivot it into right now i'm listening to um uh, the jungle by upton sinclair which is from like the early 1900s about meat yeah. packing in, in Chicago. Okay. And kind of hearing that immigrant story. Yeah. Thinking about Ronson's folly. Cause they go through the whole thing. They do everything right. And no matter what their family still gets shattered and everything's still fucked and they get taken advantage of, even though they did the right thing and played by the rules and sh- did their nine to five or more like their 5am to 8pm. And now I look at it and go, yeah, you know what? Why wouldn't you become a hitman? <laughs> no matter what. You're fucked no matter what. You might as well make some money. But with that, Mike, introduce yourself, please, for all the new listeners. Well, Michael Vecchione um, is my name. And um, what I'm doing now is writing. Before that, I was the chief of the rackets division in the Brooklyn District Attorney's Office, chief of the homicide bureau in the DA's office, chief of trials, chief of the criminal court. I, I, I did it all. And um, the only thing I didn't do, I've never done an appeal in a criminal case. I've never, never argued an appeal. Um, it just, um, well, you know, after a, a conviction, a defendant will then go to a higher court and try to uh, have the, the conviction overturned. And um, we had a specific section of our office that handled, um, handled appellate work. And uh, it's a different animal. It's not the same thing as trial work. Um, you know, it's, uh, it's writing a lot of writing briefs and, um, and a lot of research and, uh, I've never done that, but, um, but I've written enough and I did write enough in terms of summations and openings and witness statements and witness, uh, you know, uh, interrogations and things that when I did leave, uh, and retired from the office, my buddy, Jerry Schmetter and I decided that we were going to put some of my exploits and uh, and adventures on you know into print and um, and we did we started we started writing and um, you know Crooked Brooklyn you've had it talked about it behind the murder curtain you've uh, you've had that um, now homicide is my business 
I had one before that, which was called Friends of the Friends Family. Of the family. It was about yeah, about the uh, notorious mafia cops case, Caracappa and, Ep and Epolito. So, and uh, and and I'm going to give myself a little bit of a plug now. At the end of this month, I have a yet another book coming out called Fallen Angel. It's um it's my first um my first attempt at a kind of a novel. It's um it's it's a the 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 story um centers around uh, a prosecutor and a very evil force who has come to brooklyn and um and the idea is that the evil force was was causing crimes to be committed and and essentially the bad guys were getting away with it because this evil force who is satan as, as it turns out has been manipulating uh, things like making evidence disappear or witnesses disappear or police officers, uh, you know, corrupted, et cetera. And, um, and this new prosecutor comes in to, to stand up to, uh, to this, to this force. And, um, now the cases, all of the crimes that are described in the book are all true crimes. I did them all. I mean, they're all my cases. I have taken them and I have expanded them or contracted them depending upon the story. And, um, and they are the, the the instigated crimes by um, by the evil one, as I call him in the book many times. Um, so so that story will that that book will be out in on January 26th. Um, I'll make a and, to, and to ask to answer a question of yours back, I guess, when when I was doing um, homicide is my business. You would ask me if I ever gave thought to, uh, you know, to being the uh, the recorder or the reader of the audible book. And um, and each time I told you what the publishers would say to me was, you know, it's great, but we really want an actor. Well, the publisher of the new book, Fallen Angel, has done the exact opposite. She has said to me, um, we would like you to do the uh, the reading of the Audible book. We always want the author, if we can do it, to have uh, to do it. So so soon I'm going to be able to uh, to do that. And um, and I'm I'm looking forward to it. So it'll be my first attempt at uh at being a, a a reading quote unquote actor for um, you know for a book of my own, so it's 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 pretty exciting. So, um, but anyway, that's that's where I am right now. And uh, in fact, Fallen Angel is is a series. I'm in the midst of writing uh, book two right now. It'll be a three book series. And um, and I remember when I first got the contract from the publisher after I sent her a proposal and she loved the idea. She said, "Don't end it after book one." because we want this to continue. So I, um, I didn't, and, uh, and the devil continues, and he's into now uh, the second book. I'm about halfway, a little bit more than halfway through it, so that will hopefully be out sometime. I got to turn it in in April, so it'll probably be sometime in the summer or early fall of next year when that will come out. So, so hopefully, Tom, you'll have me back so I can talk about these and, uh, and hopefully other books at that point. I'm insulted. You have to say, hopefully, I, 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 I feel like I feel like I have well, shown that you are a recurring guest. It is I, a I in my heart that you I want. I, you know, I have to have a little bit of, uh, you know, humble about there's got to be a little humble pie. So I know that that's it. No, it's good. No, it's 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 good manners. If anyone assumed that they were coming back on, no matter who it is, actually, now the more that I walk that out, you know, you. Claire Lopez, Roger Williams, Dale Comps. These are some people that have probably been on more than anybody else. 
You know, if they, if anyone ever thought they were entitled to an episode, you know what? That probably would leave a bad taste in my mouth. So no, yeah, your, yeah, your manners course. are appreciated now that I, I absolutely now Thank that you. I think of that. Thank yeah, you. yeah. Thank you. If someone's ever like on our next episode, I'd be like, hey, 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 you hold the you hold your fucking horses. But um, yeah. so as so, but what today we're going to continue to talk yeah. about Luigi, right? Homicide is by business, Bronx and um, and as Tom ball. said, a, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, another little plug. It's on Amazon. BarnesandNoble.com, Camino Books, which was the publisher, they have their own website. Um, Amazon is carrying the uh, audio book, and the audio book is also available on um, another website called Tantor. Uh, it's mm-hmm. TantorMedia.com, as well as Apple Books is okay. uh, is carrying it. So, so um, I have to tell you that um, before I get into the story again, is that I have really gotten. Um, some great reviews from people who have read it. I mean, people have, I have a friend of mine who just called, sent me a text today, who was a tough, uh, a tough guy in terms of, you know, he's, he's not someone who, you know, gushes over things and, um, and is critical, quite frankly, uh, a lot about things. He told me he thought it was a great read. That was his, um, that was his, his, his comment to me. And, uh, and now, he and I are going to have dinner because he now wants to talk to me about it. So I don't know what his questions are, but I'm looking forward to having dinner with him and uh, and discussing the book. But I've gotten great reviews, and I, and I think that anybody who gets it, no matter what form it's in, will um, will enjoy the story because it is a look into a part of of criminal life that people don't necessarily get the inside scoop on. And and I got the inside scoop from the horse's mouth. Um, as well as from the people who were involved in investigating and being involved with him after I um, separated from him. So, um, so it's, um, it's, it's a, it's a a look at the part of the criminal life that, um, that goes unnoticed, except, you know, you got things like the Iceman, that movie, or, um, you know, and, and, but this is a little different. This guy is, and and you know, because you've you've read it, it, he's a he's a different character. And and when I say character, I really mean that this guy is a character. And yes, you said it. He reminded me. He looked like a bowling ball to me in terms of it's the only image that came to my mind when I first saw him, when he was introduced to me. And um, and it, it's the other part of it is that uh, you know this guy has was killing people. And and I, I and I write in the book that when I finally had to uh, move on from him because he went to jail and and I went on moved on to uh, you know different parts of my career, I thought back on on what my my family would think of if they read what I did what I had just written, which is that I had developed a relationship with this guy. Sure. You know, I mean, it was um, he, I was with him for months and um, and it was almost every day. Uh, talking to him about what his inf- what about information and helping us with with crimes that he really had nothing to do with but was picking up things about those crimes while he was in jail waiting for um, his case to be handled so um, so Luigi Ronces folly is a is a guy who um, who I will never forget I will never forget and um, and it's uh, and and I got to tell you one other little anecdote about a week ago, I had gotten a message from a guy on Facebook who who, who asked me to, to to friend him, and um, and I did. I friended him, and and he wrote back to me about how um, 
how unbelievably happy he was that I wrote this book about this Luigi and this and the area of Knickerbocker Avenue in Brooklyn, which is the center of the Bonanno family at that time, because he came from there. Wow. He 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 said that when the book came out, he found out about it and that he was having discussions with the old timers who were around when Luigi was was around, you know, and he knew the players. He knew, um, you know, the, the this guy, Toto Catalano, who was in charge of the drug trafficking there, a guy named Licata. He knew um, this the, the, the guy in the book, Paolo Laporta, who basically tries to set Luigi up because he's jealous of how good he's becoming as far as a, um, you know, a worker. And um, and it was interesting to uh, to talk to this guy um, about the things that um, that I wrote about. I mean, I I wrote about Luigi and what Luigi said to me. I remember that. But there are other parts of the book which come from research and talking to other people, you know, things of that nature. So um, and, and the other interesting thing about it is Paolo Laporta, according to this, this guy is still alive. He's around and um, and he, he said he saw him. Of course, he's a he's an old man at this point. And um, but it would be I, I was thinking to myself that, man, would I love to have um, to have known that before I would have gone and met this guy and and gotten, you know, his take on it. So um, but anyway, that was uh, that was an anecdote um, about that. I've never really expected to have. And it came out of the blue one day. You know, I wonder if you could get his feedback on the book. Yeah, <laughs> I would get his I feedback. You know, when I did um, when I did Crook uh, uh, Friends of the Family, I at the uh, way after um, the book was out and and after had been it had been out for a while. One of the center uh, central uh, players in that case was a guy named Gaspipe Casso, Anthony Gaspipe Casso. He was the second in command in the Lucchese family, and um, and he had sent word through another informant that um, that he wanted to meet with me. And he was in a prison hospital in Butner, North Carolina, federal hospital, because he had prostate issues and he had prostate cancer, actually. And um, and he said he wanted to meet with me. So myself and two detectives went down to, um, you know, to, to interview him to see what he wanted to tell us. And when I walked in, he, the detectives introduced themselves and I was about to. And he, he pointed at he, he just pointed at me. And he said, I know who you are. He said, you don't have to tell me. Jeez. who you are he said um he said this guy then he made a joke and said there are a lot of guys in here with your your face on a dartboard and they're throwing darts <laughs> at it <laughs> so um so i said to him but then i asked him i said uh uh anthony did you um did did you read the book he goes yeah i said so what'd you think he said it's about 96 96 percent accurate i said well i'll take that that's that's pretty good <laughs> So um, I would love to to have to meet this guy Laporta if he if he was around, but um, but and, and of course if Luigi was still around, I I would have had you know direct quotes from him in this book. But I that's an unfortunate thing. He you know he he killed himself and mm -hmm. you know and, and he did it because of the witness. He couldn't handle the witness protection program, you know. So as you know, totally. so. Um, so anyway, let me let me just tell you, um, I, I think I, I left this. I didn't get we didn't get to this particular story um, when we last spoke. And um, and it's one of the stories in the book. And, and I've been cautioned by people who have listened to some podcasts that I've done to not tell too much about what's in the book, because then people won't go out and, and purchase it. But um, 
but I want to give them a little taste. And I think it's important to, uh, to do that. First of all, you get the sense uh, when you pick up the book and start reading it, you get the, the get the sense of who Luigi was and what he was about. And, um, and, and the whole title of the book is Homicide is by Business, Luigi the Zip, A Hitman's Quest for Honor. And that is the center, central um, uh, uh, characteristic of Luigi and 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 the people and his and the way that he perceived the mafia in in Sicily that it was, was made up to, of men of honor. So I was about to that, say I never realized just how perfect of a thesis that title is. Homicide is my business. I don't. I don't. I don't kill these people, Mike. They give me money, and you know they kill them. I take the money. Right. Luigi, that's what he the, said. Luigi the Zip. It's derogatory, never quite given the respect he wants. Correct. The man's quest for honor. It's more than just money. He wants to be seen as one of the guys. It, right. It is a beautiful, beautifully, a, a thesis of a title. I, I hadn't thought Thank about you. that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. The, 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 you know, the whole thing about um, about what his life was about and and how he got to where he 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 want how he never got to where he wanted to be um, began. He, he some kind of sums it up. Uh, when he testifies in front of Ronald Reagan's Commission on Organized Crime, when he, the senator asks him about, you know, how he got into the business, why he got into the business. And his comment, which we put in the book, is that in America, young boys want to be baseball players, and in Sicily, young boys want to be mafia. And that's his, that was his thing. And, um, and he wanted to, uh, to become a man of honor in, you know, in his town in Catania. And being a man of honor to him was made was was being part of the, um, the the mafia. That that was you know that was it. That was the pinnacle for a kid like him. Uh, you know, in terms of life. Now you know you got to go back a little bit in history to how the mafia, why the mafia grew so so, why it started and why it grew so quickly and became so important in, in Sicily. It's because. Sicily was always the stepchild of, of Italy and the Italian government. And, and, and they were, you know, the, the laws were, um, the, 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 the Italian government didn't give them the, the ability to enforce the laws as well as they liked. Um, they didn't have people to turn to, they meaning the, the you know, the citizens of the, the poor people and the people who were, you know, farmers and, 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 and just, you know, regular workers. So who did they turn to when they had, they had um, disputes they turned to the mafia guys. They turned to the, you know, the Don, the guy who was in charge of the, the mafia in their particular village. And, uh, and he was the one to settle these disputes. And he was looked, he was looked up to, not down upon. He was looked up to. And Luigi aspired to be that kind of an individual, someone who, um, you know, his, 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 his friends and neighbors and, and, uh, and people who lived in Sicily looked up to. And, um, and because um, I, I believe, because he, of the way he looked and the way he carried himself, he was never going to be made. Uh, he was never going to become a made man in Sicily, and and he was directed by the boss in his town to go to Brooklyn, because in Brooklyn they were looking for zips, and as you said, zip is a derogatory term for Sicilian immigrants who came over to become part of of the American mafia. And the derogatory term is, there are many derivations of it or many, many theories of where it's derived from. It's the Sicilians talked very quickly, like they zipped. 
They used zip guns, whatever mm -hmm. that, you know, these old handmade guns, probably now they would call them ghost guns. And, um, and, and, you know, and so you don't really know what the derivation was, but it was a term of, of, uh, it was a derogatory term for these guys. And, um, and Luigi hated the idea, hated being called that because when he came to America, he was referred to that. And he told me how much he, he disliked it. And, and he quickly learned over the course of his, his experience in Brooklyn that, uh, that the American mafia was very, very different from the uh, Sicilian mafia. He used to tell me, there are no, man, no men of honor here. They're, they're, it's not an honorable uh, organization like, you know, like in Sicily. And, um, and that's because, you know, as you read the book, he, he, he kind of gets screwed several times by guys who he thought were his, you know, his, his people. And, um, and he didn't, he really didn't, didn't like that. Um, so he comes to America because the, the uh, Carmine Galante, who was the second in command in the Bonanno family and Joe Bonanno had set up this, this drug uh, trafficking pipeline from Europe to the United States. It was the French connection, French connection. people. And, and, and ultimately, um, they knew, they bought those two bosses knew that um, because they weren't sharing the money with the, with the other f four families in, in New York, that there was going to be trouble. So they, they needed, um, you know, gunmen. They needed people who, henchmen, who would, who would protect them. And, and they started importing the zips from, from Sicily. So that spread, obviously spread to, to Sicily. They, people over there knew what was going on. And Luigi's boss in Sicily told him, you know, it's easy. It's going to be easier for you to be a made man in New York. If you come, if you go there, as opposed to, uh, to here in Sicily. So he does, he uproots his family and he moves to Brooklyn. You know, it's like moving to the moon for him. You know, he, he knows nothing about it. Um, there are some of his compadres here already and they help him with an apartment, set him up and, and he has to go through kind of a, a, a hazing process almost to to get noticed and then ultimately um, put to work by the people on Knickerbocker Avenue, which was the, as I said, the, the area with the central location of the drug trafficking that was being done by the Bananos. And um, and he, he, he does it. He, he maintains his, you know, he, he, he said he was a, a dogged worker in the sense that he didn't let things get him down. He, you know, if they told him to do X, he would do X and he would do X plus. If he told him to do something else, he'd do that, you know, and do it well. And um, and he got his break because he was a, he was a, first of all, Luigi had his faults. Obviously, the guy was a murderer, but but he was also a gambler, big gambler. And he was a womanizer, even though he was married and had children. And he and he was always looking for money. He was always short money. And um, and and when he finally is is put to work, he's put to work collecting for the the mafia bosses, for people who are deadbeats, you know, in terms of gambling debts and loan shark debts, etc. And he was very good at it. But he was also a gambler, and he would get he would get paid for the work that he did, and then he would lose the the lose it gambling. Uh, in the illegal casinos that the bananos were running. So one day when he he's there and he's in the casino and he's uh, in the club, actually, the casino was usually upstairs. He um, he, he meets the head, the guy who's running Nicobacar Avenue for uh, for the bananos, a guy named Lakata, Peter Lakata. And Lakata says to him that somebody is stealing money from us uh, in the casino. 
and I'm not making what I should be making, there's a problem. I want you to go upstairs. I know you're a, a gambler, Luigi, and I want you to tell me what happened uh, or why it's happening. And he goes up and he, he finds out that there were two Gambino soldiers who actually were gambling with counterfeit money. And, and he had a little chat with them and that never happened again. Um, so that impressed uh, uh, Lakata. And he started to give him more jobs, more collecting jobs. And, um, and he was good at it. He was good at it. And, um, and I, I think I may have mentioned this to you the last time, but I think it's important to repeat it, that he was getting so good that when he was paired up with one of the other uh, associates and Nickabacker Avenue, a guy named Laporta, Laporta was jealous. And, yeah. um, and, he, and he told him, yeah, and he set him up. He set him up to go do a robbery didn't tell him that the guy they were about to rob had a gun. And when Luigi went into the store to rob it, the guy started shooting at him. And, and he told me, he said, in his broken English, it's a good thing that he no good shot because I'm a dead if I don't, yeah. uh, if I didn't run out. And when he went outside to the car that this guy Laporta was supposed to uh, escape with him in, Laporta was gone. So that was one of the things that he never forgot that Tom. He never forgot it because when he was, when he was treated poorly in other instances later on, he remembered the first time. And, he, and, and it was that plus other things that led him to that conclusion that the American mafia, no, they're not, not honorable men. So, but he's, he, he survives that and he, um, and he does, he, he actually becomes pretty good friends with Laporta and they do a lot of jobs together. Um, but the real break comes when he's dealing cards one day and he hears these guys who were sitting at his table um, talking about killing one of their own because they're, and they were banana guys. And the guy that they needed killed was, was pimping out a young widow and a young Italian woman whose husband died and, and he was pimping her out and, and raping her and, and family came to him and came to them and said, something's got to be done. And they said, you know, at this table that they, they needed to kill him, but none of them wanted to do it because they were friends with this guy. So Luigi told me, he said, I see Mike, that that's my opportunity. He says, I'll do it. And he does. And he kills the guy, takes off for four days down to Atlantic city to let things cool down. When he comes back, Tommy's a hero. He's now he's, you know, he's accepted by these, by everybody that he's a, he killed one of their own, but because of what the reason was, because of the reason he was considered a hero. Um, the family was, was very happy that he took care of this problem. And from that point on, he then was tested and used to, um, you know, to do other, other hits. And he had done several in Sicily. So it wasn't like this was his, you know, these were his maiden voyages. He had done, he had done several in Sicily, but he didn't know the United States and he didn't know the areas that he, he had to go to in order to kill people. And, um, and he did say to me, as you mentioned before, I know kill anybody, Mike. He said, the guy who pays me the money, they, they, they are the killers. And, um, and everyone I kill, no man of honor. They're all dishonorable people. So they deserve to be killed. That was his mantra. That was his mantra. And um, and and I think that the one killing that really kind of brings this home to people is what I'm about to tell you about. He he's he's pretty well established now, and he's been he was doing doing work for not only the Bananos but the Gambinos, who he was running drugs for and to, 
during the time that he was doing the hits. So he was a multitasker. He was able to collect money from people who were deadbeats. He was uh, gambling. He was a dealer in the gambling, uh, one of the illegal gambling uh, casinos. He was, um, he was a killer, obviously. And he was also a drug runner. And what was happening is that this French connection drug, the French connection drugs were coming into the United States. They would come to uh, ultimately make their way to Knickerbocker Avenue. And unbeknownst to a lot of the other families, most of the other families, what the Bananos were doing was they were shipping a portion of their supply across Brooklyn to the Gambinos. And Luigi was one of the guys who was doing the um, doing the the, the, the trafficking from from Knickerbocker, Knickerbocker Avenue all the way to across. Now Knickerbocker Avenue is in the north uh, northern section of of the borough of Brooklyn, and um, close to the East River. And Bensonhurst, which is where the Gambinos headquarters were, was a was a section of Brooklyn down on the southern end of Brooklyn, down towards the um, towards the the what is called the Narrows, um, which is the outlet to the Atlantic Ocean. So it was a it was a pretty good trip. And they did it by car and he was good at it. He was, he was, he, he did, he did well. And so he got to know the Gambinos as well. And, um, and, and a situation comes up one summer day, a guy is actually, it was a, a guy named Pino Dequana, who was Luigi's contact in, in on Nicobacar Avenue. He's the guy that he was told to go see when he first came to America. And he became, he worked for Dequana and then Dequana liked him and, and put him in touch with Lakata and, and they worked together. But, but Pino Dequana was a, was a big man there on Knickerbocker Avenue. So one afternoon he's sitting outside his club and, um, and, and a guy comes up to him who, um, who didn't, he didn't recognize right away, but the guy was looking specifically for him. And the, the guy, I never really, I never got his full, his real name. We give him a pseudonym in the book because it was easier to write that way as opposed to the guy. So we gave him a name. And, uh, and it turns out that he was a Newark, New Jersey police officer. And, um, and he had been a cop for many years. He had come from Sicily, from the same town as the Quana, and they knew each other and grew up together when they were in Sicily. And when they came to America, the Quana went left and this guy went right. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and he, but he needed Dequana, uh, Dequana's help with something. And this is what it was. Um, the newer cop had a sister and she was married to a guy who was a businessman in New Jersey, in Newark. I forgot now if he was an insurance man or something or a bank. I don't remember. I don't even think we put the specific job in the book either because I, I couldn't remember what he was, but, and I don't think Luigi ever gave me the specific job because he didn't know it. He just knew that he was a businessman and, uh, and the businessman was a gambler, but a bad gambler. He was, um, he, he lost money when he went to, um, by this point, Atlantic city had, had, um, had, had, uh, casinos, he also engaged in, you know, local um, games and, and he was not good at it. And he had a weekly game, um, a weekly card game with several guys who were, I don't think they were made men, but they were associates of some of the, um, 
the the fam, uh, family in of uh, mafia, mafia family in New Jersey um, called the De Cavalcanti family. And for those who are listening who don't know that name, they probably know the name Tony Soprano because the De Cavalcanti family was the model for the Sopranos, uh, the Soprano family in in the TV show. Uh, but the De Cavalcantes were um, were not very good at what they did, and were under always under investigation. They were they were always um, involved in, in being wiretapped, and 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 they were just you know they were they were, they were bad at their job, so to speak. And on, at the time that the newer cop came to Brooklyn, he knew that the De Cavalcantes were were in trouble, so. To do this favor that he wanted, that he needed a wise guy to do, instead of going to a De Cavalcanti soldier, the cop went to Dequana. Now, the, the, the story is that his, his brother-in-law, his sister's husband, was involved with these guys who were in a card game. And he was always, always lost, never made money at, these, at the card game, till this one night where he's playing and he's winning and he's doing well. And um, and he he says he said to I, Luigi uh, kind of fills in the gap here, but we figured that he must have said to himself at this point, "Man, this is good. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going. I'm, this is my night." But instead of of getting out of the game, he stays in, and pot starts to build, and the bets start to build, and then when the bet comes to him, and he's got a great hand in his his mind. He doesn't have enough money to stay in the game. So he now is so disappointed because if he gets out, he's not going to be able to make up for what his, what his losses are. But if he wins the pot, that's going to bring him back, you know, to make him whole. So not having money, he puts his wife up as the auntie, the sister of the newer cop. And, and the deal was that if he didn't win the hand, the other guys in the game, he had to take him back to his house that night to have sex and to rape his wife. He lost. He lost. The, he didn't win the hand. He had to take all these guys back to his house. His wife was home. He calls her up, tells her he's coming home with these guys. When he gets there, he has to give her the bad news. And she was she was beside herself. And he talked her into doing it because she said, they're going to kill me if you don't if you don't do this. Three guys raped her the entire night. In the morning, he left, they left, and the sister calls her brother, the newer cop, hysterically crying, meets him and tells him what, what occurred. Cop obviously is now beside himself. And he knows in his way, for his, to his way of thinking, his brother-in-law has to go, mm -hmm. has to be punished. So he can't use the De Cavalcantes for several reasons. One, they were not very good at what they did, but also because if they're under investigation and they get caught, then giving up a cop who set up a hit on somebody would have been perfect, uh, uh, perfect trading chip, so to speak, to get out from under what they were, what they were uh, involved in. So he goes to see his old friend Pino Dequana in, uh, in Brooklyn. And he tells Dequana the whole story. And Dequana, before he even gets to the end, Dequana says, that's enough. I know. I know what, I know what to do. I know what you got to do. What I, I know what you want. And um, 
And the guy says, you know, you essentially, I could see this in my mind if this was on TV, but you go, go, my friend, I'll, uh, I'll take care of everything, you know? And, um, and Daquana sends him away. Daquana picks up the phone and calls his, uh, one of his buddies in the Gambino family. And they discuss this and, um, and they come up with the plan. They're going to give it to, uh, to Luigi. Luigi's called to Daquana's club. Daquana explains the whole thing to him. And, and Luigi, although he is hard up for money, he, he, he said to me, I almost told him that I would do it for nothing. But he didn't. Uh, he said, that's how bad this guy was. He said, this guy deserved to die. So he doesn't get any money up front. And he's given the details. He doesn't meet with the cop. Luigi and the cop never meet at this point. It's the Quana and Luigi and the Quana tells him what he needs to know. And he then explains to me how he went about surveilling this guy, essentially stalking him, finding out who he was, where he worked, what his, what his movements were, when he left for work in the morning, where he went to work, you know, what time he came home, what were his movements at night, et cetera. And he finally, in fact, his first thought, he tells me, was that he was, the guy worked in Newark, New Jersey, which is a big city. His first thought was that's perfect because, you know, I can blend in and get, and, and nobody will see me and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get out of there. But, um, but it was, but where the guy worked was a place that, um, that was kind of deserted, that kind of, it was like Wall Street. I don't know if you've ever gone down to Wall Street in Manhattan at six o'clock at night, it's, it's dead. Sure. It's, everybody's gone, right? So that's the way it was with this, where this guy was. And, um, and Luigi didn't want to do it in the middle of the day because that's obviously suicide. So he, and he didn't want to do it at night because it was, um, it was, it was too quiet and there wasn't enough of a, an escape. He needed that, you know, that trend, he needed something in the middle. They didn't find it. So he decided that he was going to go to his house and see what his, his movements were and how his movements were at his home. And he told me that the guy left from work every day at the same time. And that across the street from his house was a wooded area. And he said, it was perfect. I parked my car and I could watch him. And, and then I get, the, I get the idea that this is where I'm going to do it. So he tells me, though, that he had to figure out, because he didn't, wasn't familiar with Jersey, uh, at least that part of Jersey, how he would get to the highway that led him to Atlantic City. Because Tom, as you know, from reading the book, that became his 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 go to place after he killed somebody. Um, so he mapped out the route. He knew exactly how to get to what was then the what is now the Garden State Parkway, which leads right down to uh, Atlantic City. And um, and he waits and he said, it's a Friday, a Friday morning. I get there. And, uh, and I'm waiting for him to come out of his house and he comes out, except he's not dressed like he's going to work. He's got a fishing pole with him, a little box. He's got his dressed. He's going fishing. It's the summertime. So I said, so what'd you do? He said, no, no problem for me. He says, I, I, I come out from my car. I go to, I stand by the front of my car. And as this guy is, is starting to put the equipment into his trunk, he looked up and he says, and I shot him. One shot, I got him right in the head. He went down and that was it. I said, one shot with a pistol. You got him with one shot. You killed him. He was insulted when I told him that. Yeah, he's a good but I shot. Said that to him. He said, I'm a good shot. That was his, that was his thing. Professionals have <laughs> standards, Mike. 
what did he do? He went down to Atlantic City, spent four or five days down there, came back. And when he gets back, he hears from Daquana, come to meet me at the club. Now, he doesn't know what's going to happen. When he gets there, the newer cop is there. And that's the first time that they met. And Daquana tells the newer cop, give him the money. And I said, so how much did you get? He said, I, I got $4,000 to do the hit. Cheap, quite frankly. But because he didn't want anything to begin with when I, you know, to do it because he knew that it was, this guy was a bad guy. It was an honorable kid. And, uh, right, right. And, um, and, and he, you know, when, I, when he told me that story, I said to myself, I started to understand his way of thinking because he always talked to me about honor and being honor. And it's hard to accept for anybody who's rational that a person who kills people for a living is an honorable man. But his, his concept of honor was a lot different than, um, than ours and, and, and most people's. Um, and, he, and, and again, he considered himself not the murderer he facilitated it and took care of it, but it was the person who paid him that was actually doing the killing. That was his, his thing. And that, that allowed him, I think, whatever piece he, he needed, it allowed him to have it. I got to tell you one other thing. So, so that was basically his business. And that, that kind of sums up to me, for me, the way that, you know, that he, uh, his, his way of, of life, his way of thinking and, um, and, and his, Again, his quest for honor. Now he thinks he does this for the Gambinos and at the sanction and sanctioned by the Bananos. I'm going to be made. Well, it doesn't happen. It doesn't. It doesn't happen. Um, he 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 just um, you know he just he just doesn't happen. And I think that once again, because he was a zip. The people in, in America, even though they had been zips at one point, none of these guys were born and they came from Italy, Sicily. They, the, they irony of, the irony of every American generation. Yeah. I'm an American. I'm not. No, 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 no. We're all right. We're exactly. all zips. We're all exactly. zips. So, um, so, the, you know, so I, I asked them at one point, you know, did you ever do, you know, did you ever do any of these for yourself? And he, he first, bland, he first kind of, you know, Get, get stiffened and, and uh, you know, he, he didn't want to admit it, but he did. He did. He told me about one. And I think I have, it, I, th I do write it about it in the book. He had been feeling good about himself at this point. He was, he was successful in doing what he was doing. He was, um, he was looked upon. He thought by these, uh, by these guys as someone who was uh, worthy of trust and, um, and one of their own, and he decides that he's not making enough money doing what he's doing. And he, he wants to, because he knows about borrowing, borrowing money, excuse me, he wants to become a loan shark. He knew how to collect. He knew how to the business ran. Sure. And he, um, but he only he had one problem with Tommy. He had no money or did not enough money to put out onto the street to be, you know, to be a, a, a mob bank, which is what basically they are. Yeah. So he goes to one of the, um, one of his his banano people and he he tells him what his what his desire is and the guy and somebody tells him that i know someone who will lend you the money and luigi was had a very interesting uh, uh, uh piece to this and that was um 
that I don't want to pay. I don't want. I don't want to pay interest. I'm one of you guys. I want someone to lend me the money, and uh, but I don't want to pay interest on it. I want to. You know, I want it to be given. I'll get it back to the person in 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 due time. But I don't want to have to pay interest. That's what he felt he was owed because he was now part of the, part of the club. At least he thought anyway. So the guy tells him, "Don't worry. I got somebody. Um, you go see him." And he's a businessman. He, he has, owns a business, and he'll lend you the money. He's a, I think he was a, he was a Gambino, a Gambino. Uh, he was either a soldier or the brother of a soldier. I don't remember. Um, but um, and he he ran um, a place called the Ice's Queen of America, and what it was was an Ital- Italian ice distributor um, in Brooklyn that uh, that sold Italian ices to restaurants and pizzerias and. And, you know, and food stands and things of that nature. So Luigi is introduced to the owner of the place by another, uh, by his Gambino, one of his Gambino buddies. And, and he tells him, you talk to this guy, tell him what you need. And Luigi does. He tells him that he needs $5,000, not a hell of a lot of money at that point, but $5,000. He wants to put it out on the street. And, um, and the guy tells him initially that, um, you know, this is what it's going to cost you, the, the VIG, the interest. And, and he gets upset. No, 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 no. I don't want no interest. I'm one of you guys. I'll get it back to you. I promise you I'll have it back to you. This was, I think, on a, let's say it was, I'm just going to use this day. I think it was a Monday. Um, he says, I have it back to you by Friday. So um, the guy puts him through the ringer. I mean, he's really gives him a hard time. And again, again, I know this as if I was there, it was because Luigi was a zip. He had the accent. This guy was an American, you know, he was, uh, and, and, and I'm sure that this, that's, that was the reason why he did, he, he, he was as difficult with him as, as he was ultimately gives him the five grand and he tells him essentially, don't let me chase you for it. So Luigi said, no worries. He says, I'm a man of honor. I'll give it back to you. I tell you, I get it back to you. He says, in fact, I have two people who I'm lending the money to, and I know them. They're going to pay me the money back on Friday. I'm going to get it back to them today, and they'll pay me on Friday. So the guy lends him the money with the deal, no interest. <laughs> so he goes, he gives, Luigi goes back to Knickerbocker Avenue, lends the uh, money to these two people who he had known for as long as he's been in America. And they promised that they would have it to him back by Thursday or Friday. They The day comes, nothing. Doesn't even see them. Never mind that they not pay him. They don't, they don't, he, he doesn't even see them. So he starts asking around. And he asks about, let's just use two names, Louie and, uh, and Joey. Where's Louie and Joey? They're gone, somebody tells him. They took off. They're not here anymore. They left. Where'd they go? Luigi wants to know. He says, I, I, they don't, I don't know. They left. It looks like they went, they went away. So now he's in a spot which he hoped never to be in, which is now he's got to go back and tell the lender that he won't have the money for him on time. Okay. He won't go back and say to him that he'll never have the money for him. Mm-hmm. He won't. He just says, I'm not going to have it to you on time. And, um, and he went into um, he went into the place and told him, and the guy was was out of his mind. He was crazy. He said, "No, I want it. I want it." He says, "I'll give you, I'll give you to Monday." Now this was a Friday night, and the guy was at his at the store. He was counting whatever he was doing. He was in a, in his office and he was doing his work, 
And he insulted Luigi by telling him, you know, things like, I never should have given it to you. You're nothing but a zip, that kind of thing. And, um, and Luigi said, I will get this to you, essentially. I'll get it. Just give me a little bit of time. I'm, I'm not somebody who hasn't been vouched for. Somebody came and, and, and vouched for me and said who I was. This guy pissed off Luigi so much that he got in his car. He left. He told me he never, he never went home. He just thought about it and thought about it. It was burning in his mind about how he was insulted by this guy. So he knew when the place actually closed, he drove back to the ISIS queen of America, just as the, the guy was getting ready to close. And he walked into the back room and he had a gun and the guy looked up at him. And I, and I remember, I don't remember what I wrote in the book, but he told me what his last words were to the, to the guy, he called him, you know, like some Italian curse, shot him, killed him. So now he was in trouble. He had killed, the guy was a made man. Now that I think about it. He, he had killed a made guy without oh, sanction. Gosh. That's, that's a death sentence. That's, that's what, that's what gets, uh, that's what gets Pesci and Goodfellas. Correct. Correct. But nobody is at the place. There's no one there. It's deserted. The street is pretty much deserted. So he now has to figure out a way that um, that he, he he can get out of this. And his best, the best thing he could do is keep his mouth shut. But he tells me that <laughs> I'm laughing because the irony is that the guy who was killed has a, they his family has a wake for him a couple of days after. And Luigi says, I have to go because I can't not go. Then they, they, they may suspect me. So I have to go to, to the wake and pay my respects. So he goes into the wake and all these Gambinos are there. There are people who know this guy and everybody's crying, all the rest, you know, like a typical Italian wake at that point. And he says, who do I meet, Mike? His brother, the guy's brother is there. He said, I think, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a dead man because the brother comes up to him. And he thinks that he they somehow figured out that he's the killer. And his brother says to him, I know that my brother owed you, uh, lent you money. And he was killed before you paid it back. I know that because I don't see it in the books. He kept very good books. <laughs> Luigi says, don't worry. He says, I, 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 I had the money. I just, you know, I was delayed. And then this happened. I couldn't pay him back. He said, so Luigi's thinking in his head, the debt's done. It's off. The brother says to him, you pay me now. You owe me the money. You didn't pay my brother. You owe me the money. And, um, and Luigi ultimately paid him because he knew that uh, if he didn't, that he was going to get killed. He never gets accused by the mob of being the murderer of this guy. But, um, but in, in his mind, you know, he did what he had to do, A, to protect his own honor because the guy insulted him, and, um, and then B, to make sure that he wasn't caught because um, if he was caught, killed the made guy, that's it. He was, he was a dead man, particularly being a zip. They didn't, you know, those guys were like kind of fodder for, um, for the wise guys. So that, that one was his one time in America that he said, he had done it for himself. In Sicily, he did one as well. He worked on the railroad in Sicily. Yep. 
and he had a he had a guy who was insulting him for whatever I forgot whatever the reason was, and um, and Luigi killed him, just killed him. He said because you insulted me, and he insulted him in front of people, and he killed him. So those were the two times that were uh, in his that he said to me that I ever did anything for myself. Otherwise, he says I no do no killing. The other people kill who pay me. So, um, but so that you can see the perversion of his uh, his own belief system, though is uh, well, one just the irony, the 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 hypocritical nature of. I, I can maybe extrapolate and go, okay, I'm, I'm one of y'all. You're not going to treat me. You're not going to be a loan shark to me. I'm not some dumb pig. You know, you're going to give me an interest-free loan. Maybe. Okay. But then to say, I'm going to go take this interest-free loan and become a loan shark. Well, now that's just, that's either stupidity or it's a, or it's, it's, it's a, a sense of superiority. I'm going to go make a loan shark loan with your money, but you're not going to give it, to, you're not going to charge interest because I'm one of y'all and I'm not right. even going to cut you in on it. So now you're smacking them in the face and then to kill the guy because he rightfully insulted you for not having the fucking money, which is just, that's why Luigi sent after people, but he doesn't see, he either A, again, doesn't see it and he's stupid and I don't think that's the case or it's your own perversion of the system of honor and then to take out an, a made man who Luigi must think has gone through some of his own trials and tribulations to become a made man, because ultimately that is the Mount Olympus that Luigi is trying to ascend yeah. to gain honor. So his entire system is, is at best case, it's a lack of his own brain power to see the to see the uh, the contradictory nature of it. And I don't think that's the case because he's a, despite broken English and his appearance, is a wise guy, no pun intended, is a wise individual, which means that B, it's not ignorance or stupidity. It's rather, I'm an honorable man when that system works for me and I'm not when it doesn't, which vitiates the whole idea of honor. Absolutely. It, and he was, and he perverted the whole idea of honor. He, 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 he really did. He I mean, become the his, unhonorable American like the right, rest of us. Right. He does. That's, that's, that's it. You know, there's, there's, that's the way it was. You know, I, I want to just before, I know you do want to, you have to run. I just want to talk sure, about yeah, the yeah. one, the one homicide that, that I had, which is how I got this guy. Um, and, and then when we pick up next time, hopefully you'll have me back soon. We'll talk about what happens after after this, because Luigi kind of shifts and becomes a, um, a, a bigger drug trafficker after the uh, after this one event, when he he the 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 homicide that I have is um, was the murder of a um, of a chef in a, yeah. in a restaurant in Brooklyn that um, that was um, that was a pretty popular and a very good restaurant. Quite frankly, I, I ate it in it a couple of times that, you know, during the course of my life in, uh, in uh, living in Brooklyn and working there um, called the New Corner Restaurant. It was in um, a, an area of Brooklyn that I mentioned before, Bensonhurst, Diker Heights. They're kind of right next to each other. And it was uh, it's the center of really the center of mob life in Brooklyn. Um, the chef um, who Luigi told me he called Enzo. I don't even know if the, I don't think the guy's name was Enzo, but that's what Luigi called him. I think it was a, a nickname. I have his real name in the book. Um, so what the chef did was um, 
the he had a, a young niece who he was raping. That was his that was his thing. He was having sex with her. And um, she was young and, and I guess didn't tell her family immediately what Uncle Enzo was doing to her. And then they found out. And um, and they went for um, the immediate street justice. They went to the Gambinos, who that's Gambino territory out there. And they spoke to a guy named Mirable, who was who was a friend of Luigi's. He was Luigi's contact with the with the Gambinos. And uh, and they told Mirable what you know what they needed and what they they wanted. This guy hit. They wanted him killed. He he was he, he raped my daughter and was raping my daughter. So the Gambinos hire a guy first. They get a hit man, and um, and they tell him what he needs. And he goes to the restaurant. And when he gets to the restaurant one evening, well, the guy worked like a four to the, the chef was there from four in the afternoon until they closing time. So he goes in the evening, he gets to the restaurant thinking he knows where the chef is. He knows what he looks like. He knows everything about him. And he gets there and there are cop cars all over the place, unmarked, marked cars. And he says, I'm not doing this. And he yeah. takes off, gets in his car and takes off. That was a very big embarrassment to the Gambino family. This guy that they hire to get to do this hit for them gets cold feet and takes off. Now, as it turns out, the cops weren't there for anything other than to eat. It was a very popular place for wise guys, cops, etc. But he didn't want to take the chance, so he takes off. So Mirable knows Luigi, and he calls him and says, this is what we need to do. Luigi tells me, there's no problem, Mike. He said yeah. he deserves to die. He's yeah. he raping a little girl. So I you tell him, I say to him, tell me, tell me what you did. He said, so I, I think that they I forgot what the what the amount was. He settled on a, on a price and um, he didn't know Enzo at a restaurant from a hole. So he had the phone number. He knew the, where the place was and he had Mirable take him there. So he scoped it out, got the phone number and he walked in the first time he ever went there. He walked into the into the kitchen at one point and said, uh, Enzo, Enzo here. And he would tell me this in his broken English. I'm looking for Enzo. So he said, one of the workers say, no, Enzo not here, he's in Sicily. Luigi says, okay, I leave the restaurant. He said, I go home, next few days, I call the restaurant. Enzo there, no, Enzo's still in Sicily. So anyway, to make a long story short, he does that several times. Ultimately, after about a month, he gets, Yes, Enzo here. He, his mama died in Italy. Stay longer. He'll, 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 he'll be back. A few days later, he calls again. Enzo there? Yeah, Enzo, he here. So now he knows Enzo's back. So the next day, he gets the little girl, or the young girl, and he gets Mirable, put him in a car, and they drive to the restaurant. Because he doesn't know who Enzo is. He has no yeah, idea yeah. who the guy is. So they stake out the restaurant, and about 4 o'clock, or thereabouts, the guy comes walking and going into the kitchen, and she says, that's him. So now he knows who Enzo is. They drive the little young girl home. He makes a date with Mirable to pick him up, take him to uh, the, the restaurant that evening, and, um, and Mirable does, picks him up, brings him there, and he gives him a gun. So Luigi walks into the back of the restaurant, and he does the same thing as he did before. Enzo, Enzo here. Yeah, Enzo's over there by the stove. I said, what'd you do? He goes, I go over to him. I take out my gun. He said, boom, boom. I kill him. I shoot him. And then when he's on down, on, on the ground, I shoot him again. Get back, gets back into his car. 
And he gives the gun to Mirable, tells Mirable to get rid of the gun. Well, it turns out later on, Luigi finds out there's another one of these things that, you know, that kind of sat with him about, about these, the Americans not doing things right and why he needed to get out. Mirable doesn't get rid of the gun. He finds out later on. He's really pissed off that he doesn't get rid of the gun. So, um, so Luigi, he drives Luigi back to Knickerbocker Avenue. Luigi gets in his car, goes down to Atlantic City, spends his time, and, um, and he gets back, and, and everything is okay. Now, that's the case that is open. It's an open homicide in Brooklyn. So when, and we'll, we'll talk about his surrender next time, when he surrenders, and he and he talks to the FBI. The FBI debriefs him of everything he's ever done, and they and he tells them about this open case in Brooklyn, which they can verify. Mm-hmm. They could never, never, never get the 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 um, the paperwork from Jersey for some reason. I don't know why. I even tried, and I and I couldn't get it um, for the newer cop thing. But this they were able to verify. And um, and ultimately, when they're finished with him, they bring him to the local precinct and turn him over to the detectives to take care of him because he's committed this murder there. <clears throat> the detectives realize he's a he's a source of information. He brings him to the DA's office. And that's that's how I get him. So once again, when he tells me about this, and he confessed because that's the case I had. And ultimately, we use that confession against him when he pleads guilty. Um, it was another situation where he was doing the honorable thing it was an honor killing for a guy who deserved to be killed and he was paid for it by the by the family and by the gambinos but but that was one of his things but i want to emphasize the fact that he was picking up little things here and there about how things were not going according to the way he wanted them to go you know the guy in who he who he killed and then the brother asking him for the money well that's a that was a an insult to him you know, because he was he was um, he was a uh, he was a, a one of their own. So he didn't he that was something which he thought was was a very bad thing to happen to. Him. Then this probably not getting rid of the gun. Go back to the Laporta thing. And then when we get back together again, I'll tell you about some of the other things that happened, which led him to ultimately say, I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to I'm going to I'm done with this and and turn himself into the FBI. So. <clears throat> there's an interesting uh <clears throat> there's an interesting trade-off to think about and i think we talked about it last time you know how there is some logic to the honor you know we do live in a time where you know people do rape kids and then they go serve five years and they're done and it's you know well, what does that say about a society that permits that and tolerates that and then you we and then there's obviously it's not all romantic of, oh, the good fellows go get it done. Cause as we can see through Luigi, that, uh, that, that can be quite, il- quite easily perverted too. And say, yeah, except for that, he insulted me. So I killed him. And it's like, well, that's, well, now you're, now you're, 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 you're tarnishing the, the polished idea of that street justice. But then you kind of come full circle again. And it's, there's a guy raping a, raping his niece. Yeah. I mean, he, he's kind of got to he's got to go but then they don't get rid of the gun and that leaves the open thread and the whole thing comes apart and it's and he's still not made tom yeah that, after doing all of these things they still don't make them and and he's done things for them 
that he believes are, um, you know, are, are, should be done, but he's done some pretty, pretty, uh, heavy, uh, heavy things for, them, you know, I mean, killing this, this chef and killing the, the brother-in-law of the, of the guy in, uh, the, uh, the brother, uh, the, the, this newer cops, brother-in-law. I mean, and then, then there are others, there were several other homicides in, involved in that. And then, you know, and, and, he 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 doesn't get made and then there's another insulting thing we'll talk about it next time about with this this diamond district robbery which um he um he pulls off which was i don't know if you've seen the, t the netflix show called kaleidoscope it's right. really a uh, it's an interesting show it's supposed to be they don't have episode one two three four all the episodes have colors red blue green so you can theoretically watch a, an episode that's the fourth episode and it won't spoil things you know if you watch the first episode next etc well there's an episode in which the diamond there's a diamond a district robbery that happens on the exact street where luigi did the diamond district robbery a million dollar robbery himself and when you see what elaborate the elaborate things that they have to do in this tv show to pull off this robbery i said to my wife lenore i said luigi did this all by himself these guys have all of these bang, uh, bang grenades and all kinds of shit. This guy walked in and robbed the place himself and then walked across town yeah. with a yeah. bag full of diamonds and turned them over to some guy and took off to Chicago and nobody stopped them. Nobody touched them. That, that was um, one of the more remarkable things that he told me about in terms of this, uh, of, of his, his life, uh, you know, in terms of how he was able to pull off this stuff with um without being arrested and tom he wasn't even close to being arrested yeah no, until no, that that yeah. little robbery that he did in queens you know with um with the and that would have been nothing because 500 bucks bail meant that they didn't have such a great case against them but in any event um there were a lot of things going on as i said before that were insulting him i'll use that that word um that ultimately told him that it was time to, uh, you know, to get out. So, and I, I know I've said this before, and there is some sort of uh, not to not to romanticize anything he did, but there is something kind of poetic about him being the centerpiece of a book, a book that I think is your best work that we have now done two episodes on. At least I think we've done more. There is something about it in in an odd way. Hey kind of getting his honor in a weird fucked up way i mean i know he kind of ended in disgrace witness protection alcohol suicide lying but in a weird way he gets his story out well he does and we say it he talked he testified in front of congress and he testified yeah. in in the one of the biggest trials uh you know uh, uh drug trials in the history of organized crime the pizza connection trial so yeah. and he was this one of the centerpieces so he did. He did. He did achieve honor, just not the honor that he was uh, looking for. But um, if he was alive today, I would argue with him that you know, in 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 doing what he did at the end of his of his career, and by abandoning his career, he did become a man of honor sure. in terms of of how he you know how he handled himself. So, sure, he might not agree with me, but uh, but that's that's what he did. No, it it is a, a it's Shakespearean. It's it's still fucked up what he did, but he did turn around. I mean, 
and then what's weird is and you, we're, we're looking at it from a zoomed out angle. You know, go ask that woman who got raped or go ask that young girl who got raped. They're doing this. Luigi probably looks like Superman to them. Absolutely. And who are you and I? I know it's, the, it's I know murky. The, it's murky. Yeah, I, exactly. I know the families of those two young women are were happy. Hey man, that's my daughter. I've got. I'll fucking have a framed photo of Luigi. I mean, it's cert. It's certainly not black and white. That's what I think. No, that's, no, 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 no. That's no. what's so curious about it is we're not looking at it going no that's fucking evil the fact that we're the very fact that we have to sit here and go eh, like to me that that in itself is interesting that it's yeah. not an immediate answer that you have to go well why have we and you, are we are you and i not honorable men for you know being in a society that doesn't condemn child molesters to death are, are yeah. we complicit i agree have we you know where's that you know at what point do you shoulder that burden at what point did luigi do what you couldn't do or that i couldn't do? and it's it gets a little it gets a little murky hey look if 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 shades of gray were colors that would sell books as opposed to the black and red that is the cover of this book <laughs> then um then that would have been appropriate you know yeah. in terms of of what you just said so yeah. um you know it's uh it it, I always, and, and the other, I mean, to sum up that part of it, that's what I felt made this an interesting story. Yeah. Exactly what you're talking about. The shades of gray in terms of, of, um, of, of killing, the honor killing, you know, um, the people who deserve to be killed kind of thing. It was um, that, that kind of him and him, of course, and his, you know, his way about him and his, his his love for veal cutlet parmesan heroes and Budweiser, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> um, that's why you know I thought this was a, a a really a ripe story to to put you know to put on paper and um, and you know um, people can argue people can be some people are right some people are wrong or nobody's right nobody's wrong you know in terms of how they feel about the guy but um, and we're not the judge somebody else much higher authority than us has judged Luigi already. You know? So, I mean, if that's your daughter getting raped and the police don't immediately arrest him and, and have him put to death. And if you, the father doesn't go and kill him and you could, you know, walk that out rationally. Well, if I go to jail, I'm not going to be around to provide for my daughter and thus I'm doing more damage than good. But then you don't take your money and go, well, I'll hire a hitman or, you know, what kind of dad are you? And I, I don't know. That, I don't yeah. know. It's you know. Well, you're right about the new corner restaurant. The husband, the father didn't uh, didn't have the guts to do it. I think I think we talk about that. We write yeah. about it. So, but anyway, that's yeah. You know, hey, you know what can I tell you? I I I, um, I hope that you know when I come back, I want I I want to talk to you about the other part about the the honor thing. It has to do with his 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 career as a drug courier because. Um, he found, and he told me this, that it was necessary because of what he was involved in, but he hated every second of it and thought that he was, it's interesting. He, he was more, felt more guilt about from, from pushing transporting drugs, drugs than he did killing people because of back to the people who he killed 
deserved it. Yeah, and he versus, didn't kill him, which is the, you know, the, so yeah, versus the the dishonorable right pushing heroin that's you know that's killing yeah. people who have fallen into that. He he's not a he's not just cold blood. I mean, you it's undeniable that there is a there is an honor code that he has, which in itself is interesting, right? Yeah. That there's something there. Um, you know, it's kind of like those, you, you hear the stories about like uh, World War II pilots. We'll talk about, you know, they'll be in these vicious dog fights with, you know, Nazis or Japanese. But then once a pilot bails out, you don't shoot at them. Sometimes it's because it's over the ocean and they're dead anyway. Yeah. But sometimes you see them, they're parachuting down, and it's like there's some weird. You you hate them. They're fucking Nazis. They're fucking Japanese. But there is some weird. You hear about it, and you're like, wait, what? And there's just some. You're like, there is a code. I don't know how good it is, right? Or right. how pure or uh, airtight it is, but it's similar to honor among thieves. You know that sure. kind of so. sure. Yeah, I don't know. But um, so before we even do, you want to just uh, I'll put it down real quick. Do you want to just do uh, two weeks from today? Let me uh, let me get my phone here. And, yeah, sure. And... I I can text it to you as well. So the twenty fifth. It's good for me. Same time. It'll be a day before your new book. Yes. Four p.m. Wednesday, January twenty fifth. Correct. Beautiful. Good. Right. Well, I put I just put it in there. Um. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll pick up from there. Go grab the book, guys. I'll put it in the description as well as your other books. Go back and watch old episodes with Mike. And um, yeah, I'm not I'm not kissing your ass, and I'm I'm not I don't get shit from this. I don't, I don't I'm not getting any I don't get any uh, Luigi money from this. It, I do think it's your best work. I highly recommend it. It's, Thank uh, you. I appreciate that. I, I I'm very pleased because it was uh, really the first time that I did solo. Even though my yeah. my buddy's name is on the book, he was. He was just too ill to do it. And um, I can give an honorable review. I'm good. not getting payment behind the back. I'm not getting anything under the table. I'm, I'm giving correct. you the people an honorable review. I think it's your best book. There's my Luigi smiles on me. I don't know if he's smiling down or smiling up, but you know, whatever. Again, we, Thank don't, you. Decide. we don't decide that. But uh, Mike, I'll see you in two weeks from today. I'll send you this episode when it's up. And uh, much love, brother. Happy New Year. Happy to see yep. you again. And uh, we'll pick it up in no time. We will. Take care, man.